Morning Show in association with Sports Travel Tours and Pringle once you pop. You just can't stop. We're not really sponsored by Pringles. That is just the great Paolo Bandini deciding that he can eat in my studio. Uh, we've got a, a massive game uh, weekend of games to come up this weekend. We've had a brilliant Thursday night football already. So there's loads to talk about. Your tweets. Who's going to be in the AFC playoff picture? All of that coming up. This is a good night show. So it begins. Yeah, as a reference there in the intro, Will Gavin, Ollie Hunter in the studio as always. Ollie, how are you feeling today, sir? Yeah, that's how you look as well. A little bit Gollum-esque. Uh, basically, it's the, uh, the TalkSport drive-time Christmas meal last night. We went for curry, paid for by the presenters, which is wonderful. As were... So Adrian Durham's not a complete twat, then? Uh, don't you dare. I no, I know. I love Durham as well, but people... It's the biggest question people ask you when you work at TalkSport is, is Durham a bellend or not? And he's, he's, not, he's not. He's a lovely man. Uh, Goff is incredible. So much fun. And uh, Darren Goff, that is, for those that don't know. Uh, he played cricket <laughs> for England for our American uh, listeners. Is, and is that the one where you hit it through the hoop? That's the one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's lacrosse, mate. Um, <laughs> and then, and then there was loads of gin afterwards, and I'm really feeling it. Yeah, uh, just to paint a picture of, wor- of with words of what Ollie looks like right now. There's a bare-chested situation poking out. I mean, as you always know, Ollie looks reasonably homeless, but he's wearing a kind of knitted hoodie that it looks like he got from Oxfam for free out of a bin. This is and then face. He's, uh, this is, this is And then he's just got a very low-hanging V revealing just a bit too much of that chest hair, oh, and it's tangling a little bit with the elongated beard and uh, he didn't follow fitz magic he didn't shave it off what a disgrace uh, new year new year i can't go to america like this they won't let me in <laughs> <laughs> there is that actually i don't fancy arriving next to you on a plane <laughs> and having them go yep yeah, you getting in for the search uh, paolo bandini is here as well hello paolo how are you sir <laughs> i'm all right yeah I'm, I'm you know not for the first time in your shared company feeling a little bit of beard envy right now excellent Good work. Uh, Paolo, I have to say, your beard is probably looking the longest I've ever seen it. Yeah, I mean, I, there's definitely a, a, a few days lazy non-shaving growth, but this is about as profound as my beard can if, become. If people imagine Gary Neville at the height of his beard-growing <laughs> abilities, that's around about where Paolo Bandini is right now. Yep. Uh, Paolo, uh, Ollie, before we get into the football, and there's so much to talk about uh, on the Gridiron Show, in association with Sports Travel Tours, I didn't do all of that stuff, uh, the uh, tickets for Wembley and for Twickenham came out last week, and the season tickets have sold, and we're going to be chatting to our guys at Sports Travel Tours, Andrew Hill, about the deals they're offering later on. Um, we were going to potentially be talking about the worst free agent signings of the season, because we had a tweet about it earlier in the week, and we didn't... We kind of touched on it slightly never quite got to it but then uh, Ben on Twitter just completely nailed it by saying no contest Brandon Browner he's Done. wrong he's not wrong Brandon Browner has seven more penalties than any other player in the league and has given up 198 <laughs> yards on penalties which is over double what the next person to him has given up I don't care he's wrong he is terrible in coverage, and he's a, a mess. Who's your choice, then? Yes, that's what a journalist would say. <laughs> well done. <laughs> that's why... But Paolo is a journalist. Exactly. Um, it's definitely DeMarco Murray. He's no, been awful. Absolute nonsense. I no, mean... Your nonsense. It, it, I'm just going to ignore both of you and throw out my own name, which is Matt Castle. <laughs> I mean, you know, all of this talk about um, how Brandon Whedon wasn't going to be capable of winning you a game. Well, all right, Matthew Castle has won you one. Great. Was it was it really worth that investment? Oh, no, I've got another one. Josh Scobie. <laughs> Whoa. 
He got cut. Sebi alone, he's a lovely man. <laughs> a terrible kicker. Uh, <laughs> a formerly great kicker. Uh, so we've got that coming up. We're going to run through the weekend's games. We've got five or six feature Kick games watch. to talk about. Uh, your tweets as well and uh, our playoff predictions. We both got, we all got online, went onto one of those playoff computers, entered our details. Remarkably similar with four weeks left of the season. Probably not a surprise, but there are a few differences there. We're going to discuss that, but we should kick things off. Well, first of all, do you want to bring anything to the show before we get into football? Uh, gosh. Come on, Paolo. My... I've heard you on Americana. You're always really well prepared for these conversations. <laughs> yeah, the problem is, is that, as I believe possibly I ended up discussing the last time I was on flipping Americanage, life at the moment just seems to involve, and it, when I'm not working, it seems to involve home renovation. So the most interesting thing I could talk to you about at the moment is flipping kitchen counters, and I really don't want to talk about it anymore. Are you going so... for, uh, I, I imagine in the Bandini household, it's like Blackstone marble. <laughs> I think I think you misread me. Well, we, we've we've got uh, Italian at that, of uh, course. Obviously, if if I'd had my way, we would have had <laughs> we would have had a a, a slick uh, Italian marble. If I say if we had if I had my way, if I had my way, and I also had a lot more money. Oh, then, don't then, don't then pretend to us like you're marble. not a loan shark and but, um, a mobster and everything else. <laughs> uh, but no, it's just it's just wood. It's wood on a wren kitchen with grey shaker cupboards. <laughs> he actually did tell us about it. I knew what Ollie was going to talk to me about, and it's what I'm very excited about in the last 24 hours. And it's rare that I'll encourage you to turn off the show, but you've already downloaded it. We've got the hit. It doesn't matter anymore. Go and get the new series of Serial. It started today, and the first one is incredible. I'm halfway through it. It is incredible! Obviously, we'll give away no spoilers whatsoever about the series, but to give you the basic setup, have you listened to Serial before? It's a true crime podcast that li- literally focused on one crime for the whole of the first season. He did it. Uh, this one is uh, less... It, it's not so much a who done it. It's yeah, a situation that we know quite a bit about, but picking it apart and looking how the situation builds to uh, the the grander picture and what it meant on a global scale, quite literally, and it's phenomenal. I'm really excited about it. Do you know it. what I love most about it? Is that now I'll be able to be along with everybody else and listen to it week by week. Whereas before, I, I binged it all in one go. Uh, things like Breaking Bad, I wasn't around at the beginning. Shut up, Will, I know you were. But I wasn't around at the no, beginning. I, I'm not that guy. You are that guy. <laughs> uh, I was, wasn't around in the beginning to, to be part of the buzz. This time... I'm a part of that buzz. I feel a part of it. See, I, I don't know if, if I don't just prefer letting the buzz pass me by and then getting to binge it, because what's really frustrating is when you are that excited about something and then you have to... Oh, fuck, I'm going to wait another week. That was, that was the problem with Breaking Bad. Ollie referred to it. I, 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 the only reason I was with it from the beginning is I know someone who worked on the first series literally as like a low-end, like a key grip or something. Yeah. And they what, we haven't said, heard this story This is before. phenomenal. <laughs> But the end of season three, and do you know what? Spoilers for Breaking Bad here, but I don't care anymore. When he shoots Gil in the face at the end of season three... What? At the end of that, they they had... They decided that because it was getting popular, they'd change when the series was going to be on from a summer series to a more popular autumn, like when they get the big numbers. Which meant we had to wait nearly 18 months for the next episode after not that. not acceptable. Not acceptable <laughs> no. at all. So that was my bugbear. I've, I've thought of something more interesting than what I said Please. before to talk about. I mean, it's still not um, uh, going to be everyone's cup of tea. But uh, actually, uh, my wife's best friend from school, uh, David Dawson, is playing King Alfred in The Last Kingdom, which is sort of Game of Thrones on the BBC with a bit less boob and a bit more... Oh, and Vikings! Or, a bit more actual history. Uh, and Vikings, which I know you're very fond of. I love the Vikings. <laughs> and uh, uh, not just because David's in it, and he is very good. Um, it's, I'm really enjoying it. Yeah, that's good. Oh, is it out already? It's like six episodes. Well, I actually think it's eight episodes in, but I'm only six episodes in because Oh, I'm, crap. I'm Is it all on iPlayer? I would have thought so. Oh, phew. Speaking of the Vikings, 
Hey yo! <laughs> Old man Dwight Freeney with a sexy spin move stripped the ball from Teddy so Bridgewater sexy. with five seconds left to deprive the Vikings a chance of a tying field goal and the Cardinals clinched a playoff berth with a 23-20 victory over the Vikings last night. Uh, Paolo, I will immediately revert to you on this. I've got all sorts of notes that I wrote up during the game, but as our resident and probably only Cardinals <laughs> fan I know, you have got not only your longest win streak since the 70s, you've tied a franchise record of wins in a season. I consider how long the Cardinals have been around. That's not mm-hmm. very impressive, is it? Carson Palmer went over the record of touchdowns in a season set yep. by Kurt Warner. This is a sexy football team. The top five defence, number one offence. I'm loving the Cardinals right now. Well, so much see, I don't know with, uh, with especially how football has gained popularity in this country in the last decade or so. I don't know if all British American football fans really understand how bad the Cardinals were and for how long. <laughs> so, I mean, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a child of the 80s. I, I got on board with the NFL in general in, in the 90s, so I'm, it's not like I've been there all the way through this passage. But, you know, the Cardinals were, more so than the Lions, the, the, the definition of just perennial badness in the NFL for a really long time. So basically the Browns now. Yes, yeah. Um, and... Uh, and, I, and, and, it, and it was weird to me because actually, um, after the, the, the last into the playoff this millennium, yeah, uh, which well, I mean, we haven't been to a Super Bowl this millennium, but there was a long, you know, eighty-year period there when that didn't happen. <laughs> um, but the uh, after the last London game, I was going with you and with uh, Matt Sherry from Gridiron to, to the Hippodrome, and I, I was seeing all these Cardinals shirts. I think where, where are these people come from, and, and do they know how how long and how bad it's been? Yeah. This is the only the it's the first time in in Cardinals history they've won eleven games two seasons in a row. I think the uh, the Carson Palmer statistic uh, actually even caught me off guard because you think about Kurt Warner and that team did go to the Super Bowl and he was flinging it about. Um, I, when I was seeing the Kelly Campbell, I can't remember exactly where he was, but they brought up during the broadcast at a certain point the uh, all time Cardinals sack numbers and and he's you know he's in the top five and I'm thinking Eric Swan who's only in the league for a <laughs> yeah. few years is on that list. <laughs> this is a team that has just had nothing good about it for for a lot of its history and right now it's beautiful well, it's beautiful i am thoroughly enjoying that but the car they did their best to throw the game away oh, last yeah. night. They, <laughs> they, took didn't every, they didn't make it easy on us <laughs> they genuinely took every possible opportunity to do so whether it was uh david johnson fumbling on the goal line when he had to settle for the field goal carson palmer took a sack at one point which put you out of field mm-hmm. goal range uh, right at the death i mean uh, admittedly it would have been a spectacular catch if floyd had caught the catch on the third down that would have killed the game off and not allowed the vikings to drive again so you had there was time and time again and there's been a few games like that this season and the 49ers game was very tight, I, I remember, and you, where you've not dominated in the way that your quality does. But there's so much to love in, in the Cardinals, not just Carson Palmer, who I think is... I, I said on Monday's podcast, this is the week where... This is going to be the week where Palmer moves above Brady in the MVP race. And he is just playing ridiculous lights out football. Yeah, I love it. He is. I mean, I, I think you, you, you've absolutely hit on something there. I think the Cardinals... Um, I saw it even in the first half against St. Louis last week, and you saw it a lot in the first game against St. Louis, which they then failed to win. Not always finishing drives, and that's frustrating. Um, in the end, last night, I think that there was an element to which, you know, that, that win, it comes down to a few little plays that are a little bit lucky, because there's that uh, Mike Upati catching the, the tipped pass and taking it for 10, y- 10 yards at a crucial point in that drive. Carwin Williams managed to lose eight yards on a carry at a point when they're well <laughs> within field goal range to so nearly blow it at the end as well. Um, but, I think finishing drives is a problem, and I think at the moment, if I'm being honest, when I look at how Seattle are playing, I don't think we're playing better than Seattle. I think that there are better teams in the NFC than us. 
Um, and the good news is, is that when you've got to 11 wins, you're already in the playoffs of three games to spare. At least you've got time to try and fix some of that and get it right. For me, um, the, the thing that bothered me, I think, most was... You could see very early on um, in the game that this over-aggressive blitzing was was something that the Vikings had, had prepared for, and they were really exploiting that. And Teddy Bridgewater really didn't have to be that special to throw for 350-odd yards, just letting them letting them bring seven or eight guys and just dropping it over the top of them. And I think that, that that is an adjustment that really could have been made, especially in the fourth quarter when you're defending a 10-point lead. Well, I think what was interesting in, the, in that blitzing, and I, I, I kind of mentioned this on Twitter last night, is that the way they were trying to blitz last night moved away from what they did so well against San Francisco, which was bringing Tony Jefferson, bringing Tyron Matthew, bringing those those corners and safeties actually mm. off the edge because you don't have a pure edge rusher. No. Freeney is the closest and no. he's about 85 now. Yeah. Um, I mean, Calais I mean, he's already had a massive game up the but... middle. But and, and Dion Buchanan is playing ridiculously well in that money backer role, money backer. as he calls it. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that would be my biggest concern. However... Yeah. There was some stuff that was very good on the yeah. defence. Uh, Adrian Peterson, on the first drive, was mind-blowingly good. Yeah. Like, um, his touchdown, I think he made three different jump cuts. Oh, it was yeah. wonderful, wasn't it? Uh, and and there was a fantastic uh, exchange on Twitter. Tyrion Matthew, um, the honey badger. NFL tweeted... Um, he got into the backfield and, and took down Peterson for a loss in the mm -hmm. in the third quarter, I think it was. And NFL tweeted a, a gif of it or a vine of it and said something like, AP learnt a lesson, never mess with the honey badger. So, Tyrion Matthew quotes tweeted it and went, yeah, but that jump cut. And then with three <laughs> little embarrassed smiley faces to yeah. say, I got mugged earlier in the game, so let's give yeah. AP the respect he deserves. Yeah. But then you shut him down after Yeah, that. I mean, in that first series, I thought, flipping now, this is going to be a very long day because he was... He was just absolutely unplayable on that first series. And again, people forget how big guy he is. Someone coming through the line with that speed behind him and that power behind him who can then just move sideways by a yard in no time at all and just leave you standing there. It's, he's an incredible player, and I think the way the Cardinals dealt with him was, was spectacular. Tyron Matthew, we, we know, is having a, an unreal season. There was one, dry, uh, one series, I think it was... I can't remember if it's the third or the fourth quarter where he basically just wrecked the entire series single-handedly. Um, and, and the way they shut down the run was very impressive. And some things on offense were very impressive. I thought actually Carson Palmer, we talked about the deep ball early in the game, that first possession in particular, really smart underneath passing to make that work. Um, Larry Fitzgerald, just like every week, not just catching passes, but going out there and making blocks. Like well, I, wanted big to, blocks. I wanted to talk to you about that. It was on Anthony Harris, the, the, the young, um, safety and, uh, Floyd just, Burnt past him and that, the, he pancaked him. He absolutely yeah. floored the guy. But then Fitzgerald floored the guy. Um, Floyd flew past. Lots of flurs there. Um, <laughs> but, but I wanted to talk to you about the spirit within the Cardinals, and we saw it with Drew Stanton a couple of weeks ago, and that incredible um, celebration along the sideline. But when uh, Floyd went through. Bam! Everybody came, and there was uh, Fitzgerald smashing helmets. And I tell you what, it's there isn't much better than seeing a team really buying into each other and do, wanting to do well for each other. And that's why it's exciting to see the Cardinals on both sides of the field. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I mean, that's that's why it's incredibly exciting to be a fan right now. And I, you know, 
that that's a big part of uh, of Bruce Arians, I think, and what he brings to the coaching staff, what he brings the mentality. And again, you know, it's what he did in, in Indianapolis, even when he was filling in for for Chuck Pagano. He brings that that atmosphere, I think. But I just but I know we've gone on about the Cardinals a lot now. But I, I do want to say one more thing, which is because we always talk about Bruce Arians' job that Steve Keem's done as general manager, and I think you look at that Freeney sack, and that is all about him making these smart additions. Same with Chris Johnson and what he did in the running game of the season. General manager who's done a fantastic job there as well. And do you know what? Red Bryant as well, who uh, was very limited in the snaps he had, but was on the sideline constantly geeing them up. Uh, with the Seahawks, when we were at the Super Bowl two years ago, talked about what a leader he was on that defence, and he's been brilliant. And that, uh, you mentioned that. There was a couple of other people I wanted to mention as well in a moment. Just quickly, did you hear Carson Palmer's uh, discussion on that um, Michael Floyd touchdown with the Fitzgerald pancake? Because... It was a blown coverage from the Vikings. Yeah. And Palmer actually said, uh, they were both open on the sideline at the same time and I didn't know who to throw it to. So I just threw it kind of in the middle of them and hoped Sorry. one of them would catch it. <laughs> <laughs> like, yes, Carson, that's amazing. Well, that was, that's because three defenders bit on a was it either john or jaron brown three of them bit going inside and that left the other two open it was an amazing uh, incredible play loved it we need to give the vikings uh, a bit of love bridgewater no, i think don't. had his <laughs> I, I don't get bridgewater i think he had his best performance since week two of the season i actually thought he was the most impressive i've seen him and doing exactly what we talked about with uh, Russell Wilson last week in terms of making the adjustments from where he was early in the season. He looked scared in the pocket against the Seahawks. Man, and he I looks know like Bambi. They didn't have the same edge rushers, but he didn't do that. Mm. He actually stood in the pocket well, went for a career-high 333 yards. He picked up blitzes. I think Adrian Peterson made one phenomenal block mm. on a blitz in particular, but he had a great performance. I mean, Mike Wallace... Became the first uh, first Viking to score an offensive touchdown, not called Adrian Peterson, in the last 15 quarters of football. <laughs> so it just shows that there was a big improvement in the passing game. Mm. What did you think of Mike Zimmer's decision to run the play on third down, though? Because this is obviously absolutely blown Twitter up, is that they get to the third down, they're in clear field goal ro- uh, range. Blair Walsh has been nailing them from that sort of distance all season. And it, it, I'm really torn on this, because I think... In one side of my mind, I'm like, it's a rookie quarterback. They're more likely to make mistakes, give up the ball. Maybe if I've got Brady or Palmer or someone like that in there, I make the risk to gain those extra yards. But at the same time, if Walsh steps up from 48 yards, pulls it right, the whole world's going... Well, why didn't you go for some more yards? You still had a down left. It's, I, I think it's yeah, ridiculous to put that all on Mike Zimmer. Yeah, and especially when you've just seen the, the, literally the play before, Tay Bridgewater making a smart decision and saying, right, I'm not going to force it, put it out of bounds, and, and that's that. Um, and he didn't make the smart decision on that play. He, no. he, he pump faked, he pulled yeah. it down, he didn't. Uh, he had a chance to throw the ball away and didn't. Yeah, it, it wasn't, it, you know, Freeney, obviously, you know, Love that spin move, but it wasn't like he was on top of him in, in, in no time at all. He did have some time to, to get rid of it, and he, and he probably should have done. But I understand the call, um, and I also... I, I, Ollie is, is just not with us on this one, but I, I also thought Bridge, Bridgewater had a good game. Yeah, I don't know, I don't and, and I'm not a huge Bridgewater fan, but this was the best game he'd had. Two guys, just to quickly mention, this is what I was saying a moment ago, um, we've been talking about potential head coaching replacements, and someone later asked us about Dan Campbell. Uh, George Edwards from the Viking has had a phenomenal season as a defensive coordinator working with those young guys, working through injuries. And then Harold Goodwin for the Cardinals. Those are two guys who I think are going to be mentioned in head coaching conversations this offseason. No, no more. No more. <laughs> even for a year. Give, us, give us a year. Come on. <laughs> I won't mention it anymore. Sorry. <laughs> uh, Ollie, 
that was just a little thing because I loved how much you were smoozing, uh, uh, how much you loved the Cardinals to Bandini. We get a guest in studio <laughs> and suddenly it's mwah, mwah, mwah. <laughs> I love your team. They're to, brilliant. To the bang? If we had... To the bang? If we had uh, Pete Carline in here, I imagine you'd be talking about how much you love the Vikings. I hate the Vikings. No? He knows I don't. <laughs> I re- you know... I can't say any more about that. I do hate them. Shall we move on and talk about our feature games from the weekend then, guys? I don't hate them. Okay. We done? Yeah. Sure? Yeah. 100%. Let's move on. <laughs> uh, what has to be the biggest game of the six o'clock kickoff, certainly, and possibly of the whole weekend, is the seven and five Pittsburgh Steelers travelling to the ten and two Cincinnati Bengals. This game has been like a playoff game every time these two teams have played in the last few years. Uh, Marvin Jones talked about the game beforehand, saying this game will be bloody on both sides of the ball, and I want to talk about both of these teams. Uh, but let's start off with the Bengals because. It still feels like even at 10 and 2 and, and in the uh, buys for the playoffs and, and as good as they're looking, there's still an air that people aren't quite giving them the respect they deserve and people still expect them to choke. If they won this game against the Steelers, is that going to be the thing to convince everyone this Bengals team is a legitimate Super Bowl contender? I, I mean, I think they're a Super Bowl contender anyway, so I don't, I don't need to be convinced, but I'm sure that if they did... Actually, I'm not even sure if they did, it would necessarily quite people down. People probably say, oh, it's 6pm, it's not Andy Dalton in prime time, it's not... Uh, it's not um it's not a playoff game and they'll they'll continue to find reason to doubt him in the same way as you know we, i remember when the, with the the manning conversation about how he was a choker it was all oh, well he's never won a super bowl and he wins a super bowl and everyone who wants to maintain that narrative just goes well he hasn't won two super bowls you know there's always <laughs> there's always another level that you can take your curmudgeonliness to if you want to but uh, you know the, the bengals are a great team personally i, I don't think they're going to win this this weekend because you know, I had the Steelers before the season started as a Super Bowl team, and, and they're beginning to show why. I mean, the Cincy defense leads the NFL in points allowed per game, 16.3, but this uh, Steelers offense is ridiculously good. Uh, from the NFL research uh, that I have pulled up, I've only discovered that if you go on the media website, they, there are research notes available to everyone to download. So I have <laughs> we've got statistics in this week's show off the back of that. <laughs> uh, the Steelers, uh, 2,116 yards over the past four games a second all time only to the 1982 Chargers for the most ever in a four game span um you, Roethlisberger's leads the, leads the NFL in points per drive yards per attempt completions over 40 yards D'Angelo Williams is playing like a top 10 guy you know they barely missed a beat since Le'Veon Bells went out and that's saying a big thing mm-hmm. they just dominated the Colts at the weekend and he's throwing bombs and I feel like if there's an offense to make this this Cincy defense look bad it's got to be the Steelers yeah because I mean, obviously the, when they met last time it was it wasn't that high scoring game what it was 16-10 and but but you know Roethlisberger was just back from his injury at that point he was just back in the game I just think I think he's got you know for me it's it's not a, it's 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 a non-debate I think he's got the best receiver in in the in the game to throw to in Antonio Brown I saw something on, on ESPN to, just as I was leaving the house and it was just a headline so I haven't read it but the headline said Brown pressing his case to the best receiver I, I don't I don't even know there's a case to be made here if you actually look at his uh, averages per game this season in any game not started by Mike Vick. So I'm counting Landry Jones games and I'm counting the you know the half game that Vick came off the bench for. He's he's on if you extrapolated those numbers out to the whole season, he'd be on course for 2,133 yards this season, which is just way beyond the current NFL record for a single season. I think he's a ridiculous player, and the way they've played recently, yeah, I, I think there's going to be a, a very different game to the first one. I think it's going to be a shootout. He's so good to watch, isn't he? What, Ollie, where did you stand on the NFL finding? him 12 grand for his uh, riding the post with his ball celebration. I don't understand how he didn't hurt himself. 
<laughs> anyone else does that, oh man, you'd be wincing over. I quite like the fact that he um, almost trapped the 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 stewardess. Um, is it a stewardess? You, a you, steward. probably, you probably have to say steward now. Yeah, yeah, the steward behind the. Place. We, oh God, we briefly sounded like we were on Talksport then. <laughs> Obviously, you spent too much time with the Talksport drive yeah, team. I did, I did. Bloody, bloody women and yeah. that. Uh, but uh, 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 stupid. Twelve grand. Stupid. Well, just let people do it. People love that stuff. People love that stuff so much that it got onto Talksport. You know, no, they don't ever talk about NFL, <laughs> but they talked about well, that. They'll, they'll talk about a man running into a post for no reason. Exactly. <laughs> so it's good. I think that actually that kind of thing is good for the game. But uh, <laughs> Martavis Bryant as well. I know you, you're really into um, Antonio Love Brown, Antonio but, but and as do I, as do I. And when you watch him, he's and and he's got the ball. You can see he's a, a class apart than anyone else that's currently receiving in the, in the NFL. But Martavis Bryant isn't that far behind, and some of the stuff that he's done since he's come back from his four-game ban has been amazing. Right, we've got five more games to get through of our big games, and then we'll run through the other ones quickly. I'm going but, Cincinnati. We had it. Well, I was going to ask you this one. So uh, we had a tweet on this one. You've gone Cincinnati. You seem to be picking Pittsburgh. the Steelers. I'm I'm wavering on this because my big problem with the Steelers is that their defense gives up big plays, but they seem to play well through two and a half quarters and then suddenly fall apart for three series and then suddenly start playing well again. And whether that's naivety from the young players on the team or or whether that's uh, to do with adjustments or what I don't know, but Ross. Sort of a tweeter say if the Steelers do win against the Bengals on Sunday, do they have a chance in the AFC North? And so I want to put this to you two. If if that happens, they're on ten and they're on eight and five, and the Browns will be on ten and three. So Bengals they need to they need to win out ten and three Browns. That's a yeah. terrifying thought. <laughs> uh, yeah, sorry, did I say Browns? Oh God, <laughs> uh, that's not going to happen for at least twenty five years. You're a disgrace. Uh, uh, the, uh, so just to confirm. They would have to, if they won out, they'd go 11 and 5, and they've got the Browns at the Ravens, uh, they've got the Broncos at home at the Ravens at the Browns. So let's say they do win out. Could you genuinely see the Bengals dropping three of these games? 49ers at home. No. At the Broncos. Yeah. Ravens at home. No. No. I mean, we've, we're going to talk about it, aren't we? We've all done our picks, and I don't believe them. I think that the Steelers will win this game, but they'll still finish behind them in the division. I think it's too far to go back now. Beautiful. Uh, let's go for a divisional game in the NFC South. The faltering Atlanta Falcons at 6-6 six and six travel to the undefeated Carolina Panthers. Uh, this game is Cam Newton one year on from when he crashed his car and went out with that. It looked like it should have been a far more horrendous injury. Immediately bounced back. When he went into that crash, he was 3-8-1 and eight and one on that season. They've won every single game since then. Josh Norman has talked about how pumped up he is for the uh, Julio Jones rematch. And whilst the Falcons have been in most games, they've gone one and six through the last seven weeks. Is anyone in any way leaning towards a, uh, a, fa- a Falcons upset here? No. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, I know that you and I are both fans, Paolo, uh, we're both fans of teams that have potentially got a chance in the Super Bowl this year. Mm-hmm. But um, Hold on, the 49ers aren't out of the playoffs yet. But, um... <laughs> But is that even true? Yeah, no, actually it is. They're still in the hunt after last weekend. They've got the Browns this weekend. Five and eight, you know, an eight and eight season could beckon. Definitely not. Incredible. But is there a part of you that wants to see the Carolina Panthers win out, even though they're rivals in the NFC? I think it's a... Sorry, carry on. It's It's a fascinating question. Whether or not, if they got to fifteen and zero in week seventeen, they'd be starting their their, their best players because you know definitely we, we've seen we've seen that the Patriots when they were there they kind of did. I mean, they sort of didn't want it to blow that, but 
the Patriots are so used to success in a way that the Panthers haven't been in, you know, they have the last couple of years, but not longer than that, that there's been this element with the Patriots that you could almost feel that attitude about them that, oh, well, you know, we, we've won Super Bowls before, we want to do something we haven't done before, which is go and win the whole season. I mean, if you're, if you're Carolina, is there not a party that thinks, well, actually, I'd rather just keep Cam Newton out of harm's way for a week, I'd rather keep Jonathan Stewart out of harm's way for a week? I, I, I don't know. I think that would be a, a genuine question, which might be what stops them from getting to 16-0. Uh, but I don't know. I think for as a journalist and, and someone who enjoys dramatic moments story in sports. and Yeah, of course I wanted to go 16-0. It'd be great. Yeah, well, what, what a storyline going into playoffs. Me too. And if either of our teams don't make it to the Super Bowl, I'd love an NFL... Uh, I'd love the Carolina Panthers uh, to do it. And, you know, that would be incredible. I'm, I'm leaning on to talk about the teams that we've just been talking about. I'm leaning on, right now, a Cardinal-Steelers Super Bowl just because we'd have the most over-20-yard completions in the history of football <laughs> in one game. It'd be incredible. It'd be like... 52 to 49 and every touchdown is a 60 yard bomb down the sideline it would be ridiculous well, much as I didn't enjoy the final act if it was anything like the last time they met in a Super Bowl it'd be quite a game to watch yeah exactly it'd be amazing um, I, the, what Mike Shuler's doing with that Panthers offence is absolutely ridiculous and we say it week in week out but when you're throwing to Jericho Cottry and Ted Ginn the fact that Newton's thrown five touchdowns in two of his last three games and again slips into that MVP race as well I think I think we've got four guys we've talked about mm. so far we mentioned Brady yeah, uh, Carson Palmer, Ben Roethlisberger, if he plays the whole season, mm. but he didn't have that injury, and then Cam Newton. A four quarterbacks playing at the very, very top of their game. And it's yeah, got to be Cam. The Falcons are going to lose here massively. Oh, yeah, hugely. And th- they're barely relevant now. They've only got Oof, uh, um, maybe three or four players that are actually any good or above average. Um, and I'm maybe I'm not even including Matt Ryan in that yeah, because I'm, I think he's been really, really poor I, this season. I've this been so forced far. to reevaluate a bit on Matt Ryan this season. It's. it's uh, it's it is getting to a an awkward point there where you've just sort of been watching this team who's well, I mean they've had other people other important players come and go but fundamentally have been built on this idea of Matt Ryan and Julio Jones and you know they get just they're getting on a little bit they're not saying that either of them's too old to be playing in the league but they're getting on and, and it's not happening and at what point do you just sort of have to tear it all up and start again and obviously that's not what Dan Quinn wants to do I, re- I really like Dan Quinn I think he doesn't have the personnel on defence that he needs their front seven has nobody of note in it really mm. so I still think it's a rebuilding project that happened to have a great run at the start of the season and actually they are kind of a 500 team yeah. that's probably around about where they sit yeah. let's talk about uh, the, uh, the storyline game of the weekend as they're trying to present it to us that's the Buffalo Bills at the Philadelphia Eagles. Eagles, why did you lose so stupidly? I completely forgot about that guy until we came into the studio. <laughs> that guy is just wonderful. Incredible. This is the t- uh, two most schizophrenic teams in the league. Honestly, this game could be a blowout either way or it could be a one-point win either way. It's r- the, the most ridiculous uh, game to try and detect what these two teams are. Tale of two running backs, obviously. DeMarco Murray's come out in the last two days and said he 100% wants to be an Eagle in 2016. Uh, LaShawn McCoy will not shake Chip Kelly's hand if offered. That's what they all want us to be talking about, and somehow we have done. But he's been brilliant the last few games. Four of the last five, he's had at least 110 yards or a touchdown. Only the Chiefs kept him below that. Um, the Bills' offense is better than their defense at the moment. Did anyone expect that going into this year with Tyrod Taylor at quarterback, with Rex Ryan coaching, with that, you know, $100 million invested in the front four? Uh, and somehow that's where they're winning games. Is Tyrod, it's Sammy Watkins, it's LaShawn McCoy. Yeah, I mean, Tyrod Taylor gave us a flash of it right in the uh, opening weekend. It wasn't well, not the opening weekend, second weekend against New England. Um, and he's, you know, he's, he's, he's a serious player, Tyrod Taylor. He's a, he's a, he's a good 
mobile quarterback. Doesn't stay healthy as much as you want him to, but he's a good mobile quarterback. I, yeah, it's it's this game is ridiculous. I, I have uh, been <laughs> considering my own pick for this game, and I, I really feel like I might as well have just flipped a coin because, I mean, when the Eagles, when that Eagles team, after sinking 45 points against the Buccaneers and Lions can go can, can go and beat New England. What's the point? I mean, what's the point of even trying to guess what they're going to do? It feels like people have been surprised that the Eagles' offence isn't what's winning them games. It's special teams, it's defence. I think they've got pieces in that in that front seven who've been really... Fletcher Cox was phenomenal against yeah. the Patriots last weekend. Uh, the outside linebacker whose name has completely escaped me now, Brandon, what's his face? Williams, I want to say. I might have got that completely wrong and I'm going to double-check it and then maybe edit this out. It shouldn't be a surprise that those are the guys doing it because actually last season Foles had the phenomenal year two years ago then last season when Foles dropped off actually all of their touchdowns seem to come they seem to score a special teams touchdown or a defense touchdown every single game and the same is happening again now but I just don't trust them to do but it this longer show, but term. This, this, is, this is my issue it, it's not like we can sit here and say well yeah well actually we should be talking about how the defense was always the strength of this team the point is that defense has been atrocious in two mm. of the last three games like really really bad and in fact in lots of ways wasn't that good against New England it just gets touchdowns and that's that's so anomalous I don't I don't know what to do with it it was uh, I, the person I was referring to was uh, Brandon Graham, not Brandon Williams. I don't know. I seem to have made somebody up, but Brandon Graham. <laughs> <laughs> Brandon Graham's a guy who sat there in their old scheme and was terrible for two years, and then suddenly now that they've moved to a three-four, it's gone. Oh, by the way, I'm a really good pass rushing linebacker. Could have used me before. Uh, I would have happily taken him. I've got the. I've also got the numbers the wrong way around. It's gone from three-four to four-three. I know what I'm talking about. I like their defense because it's splashy and because it does ridiculous things. Things. and the cornerbacks are terrible and Walter Thurman isn't playing anywhere near the level we'd like him to and immediately Malcolm Jenkins got the big play last week but I I feel like the Eagles are bouncing back and I'm taking them at home to the Bills Oh, I'm going, going Bills I like what the Bills are doing I really like Tyrod Taylor I'm fully on board the Tyrod Taylor train and uh, if if they can just get Samuel uh, Watkins the ball more often, he was only he only caught three passes last week for a hundred and something yards. But get the ball more often mm. against that secondary Eagles secondary, I think um, the Bills could shock. Chan, uh, who have you got? Even though you're not in our in our picks thing, who have you got? I've got the Bills, but would it be a shock? Would it be a shock? I don't know. Would it be yeah, a shock to beat the team it. that lost to Detroit and Tampa like that? I don't know. But away yeah, I've got them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's talk Cowboys Packers, one of the late games. It's the feature game on BBC Radio 5 Live, which Bandini did last weekend. Mm -hmm. How did you enjoy that? It was really fun. Yeah. People, Good stuff. If people, obviously, um, I can't pretend that my first choice isn't to watch the games when I can, but if you can't watch the games, I think it's a really fun way to... I actually think it's quite fun to... I listened to you whilst watching the games on Red Zone this week, and whilst I had both audio sources mm -hmm. going, uh, I, I found it really good to get the kind of breakdown from you guys while seeing the constant action, and I obviously did it the weekend before. Mm -hmm. Also, the main reason I'm mentioning 5 Live is tonight at 9.40, I am on Radio 5 Live, previewing the weekend's games alongside Jason Bell. So if you listened to this before then, Very tune nice. into that as well. Uh, <laughs> but... Cowboys at Packers. Packers, of course, were a ridiculous touchdown pass away from slipping to seven and five and losing four of their last five and collapsing, or five of their last six, sorry, and collapsing like a flan in a cupboard. They've not done that. They've bounced back to eight and four. They now look like they're in the strongest position in the north after the Vikings last night. Uh, what really, what I was surprised about is all the news coming about Eddie Lacey this week. We couldn't work out for the life of us why he got put to the bench last week. We thought it was on quality of play. Mm. Apparently, he, uh, he missed the time last week because he missed his curfew. Mm. 
I'm livid. As a fantasy football fan, <laughs> to not make that announcement before the game, so I knew to drop him to the bench, I am properly angry about that. Um, but is there, again, this comes down to, uh, it's a big game this weekend, but does anyone fancy the Cowboys out of the NFC disgrace to go into Lambeau and make them lose three on the bounce in their own stadium? Oh, don't talk about that, Will Gavin. No, I don't. <laughs> I don't. The Packers have had ten days, near nine, ten days to... Uh, get fit, get better. Ty Montgomery is clo- closing in on a return to the team. I think Jeff Janis needs to get involved more. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> Fowler just jamming away in the corner. I thought I'd wheeled myself far away enough from the mic. <laughs> no. no but get Jeff Janis involved more because Randall Cobb and Devontae Adams, Adams still can't catch the ball. Richard Rogers, a real breakout game last week, and I expect... Uh, the Dallas Cowboys to roll over, basically. Neither Cobb nor Adam has gone for 100 yards in the last 10 games. James Jones has fallen off since he came into town and looked really impressive. And Aaron Rodgers is the man who we all had as the MVP of the season going into the year. And without uh, his favourite weapon in Jordy Nelson, has struggled in a big way. And also you've got the uh, the offensive line, which has been crumbling around him over the last three or four weeks and coinciding with... um, those the, that really bad run of defeats. I think what we're going to see is more uh, more of those guys come back to to full health or some sort of health to help protect him, and uh, hopefully beat um, the NFC disgrace's worst disgrace. <laughs> I think they won in a weird game against Washington last week in the yeah. NFC disgrace, and and um, I, I McFadden is a player who, when they got rolling, was playing really well, and then the last two weeks has only amassed 64 yards. Uh, a, a great bit of news out of the last two days was Des Bryant in his pre-game press conference saying that uh, in the off-season, what he wants to spend his time doing is sitting with the rules committee, working out what a catch should be. Uh, <laughs> absolutely loved that from Des, but... <laughs> Don't you just imagine Des Bryant being Des Bryant, just literally showing up at the rules committee not not invited and just taking up his seat and saying we're going to do this 110 yeah. percent. i'd be all in on that yeah. uh, i'm taking the packers but actually i'm not that happy about it because i just don't like what they've done for about the last month mm. i i don't know how you feel about this Ollie. i don't look at the packers right now and see a team that can win the super bowl oh no 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 not when you put them up against the top seeds in both the nfc and the afc you yeah you can't see it because going anywhere um they they got trounced at Carolina. I couldn't see them, and we've got you at um, Arizona. I think mm-hmm. is it the penultimate or the last? Yeah, the penultimate game, mm-hmm. penultimate game of the season, and that'll be actually that'll be really interesting to see uh, how they do match up against a really good defense when hopefully some of the Packers' uh, issues have been ironed out. But the problem is, this is the time when it, the issues should be ironed out, and we've still got all of those issues. Yes. So yeah, I don't, yeah I agree. I don't see them as. Uh, as a Super Bowl winning side. Playoffs, yes. Super Bowl winning, no. Two more deep games we want to get into, and the first of those is the other of the nine o'clock games. The banged up Denver Broncos now have an inside track on one of the top two seeds for the AFC playoffs and secure, can secure home field advantage all the way through if they win out. That means, of course, avoiding a lapse this Sunday against the travelling Oakland Raiders with a potential fifth consecutive division title at stake. For the Raiders, Crabtree signed a four-year, multi-million dollar ridiculous deal this week. He has been impressive this year. Now he's bound to completely fall off a cliff after that. Uh, Denver moved in second place in the AFC uh, with a 17-3 and win over San Diego. The fact is, for me, 
that I've got Denver winning this because they've got to play Cincy and they've got to play um, the other team we talked about, the Steelers, in the next two weeks after this. Those games are so key that they've got to go into this one. They've got to win it, and I think that's that kind of, with a team this good, that motivation should be enough to put them through. I, I also have them winning it, and I wonder if I might be slightly tempted to to think otherwise if it's an open, just because the AFC West can be a weird division. Because the other thing is... You don't, you don't expect it to get into this situation because the defense is so good, because I can't see Latavius Murray running against it particularly well, and that really puts a lot on Derek Carr. But what you have to say for Oakland offense is it is capable of moving very quickly through the air, and I just wonder if someone put Brock Osweiler in that position of really having to chase a game what would we see from him? That's that's the question that's that's there. But at the moment, mm. I just think the defense is too good to, to let it happen. This doesn't feel like the week they're going to be tested, does it? That uh, the Raiders secondary, whilst getting takeaways quite regularly, are not strong against the pass in general. I'm going to tell you exactly where they rank because I've actually checked it. They're 26th against the path. Path the season? 26th against the path. <laughs> yeah. Personal favourite of mine. You need some water over there. Uh, <laughs> yeah, potentially. We might take a break in a moment just to go get some water. Uh, Ollie, do you have any thoughts on this game? Who are you taking, etc.? Yeah, I'm taking the Broncos. Uh, they've a combined score over the last three uh, victories at Mile High. Um, they've done three in a row of 121 to 41. So they put on a lot of points. Uh, despite the Broncos, uh, sorry, despite the the Raiders having actually some pretty good um, uh, pass catchers, Crabtree's just been guaranteed 19 million dollars uh, after s- signing a, a a big new contract with the Raiders and. Amari Cooper, he's not been firing firing on all cylinders over the past couple of weeks, and that can't continue, but I'm still taking the Broncos. We'll roll through the rest of the games quickly, but there is one more big game this weekend, and only the New England Patriots can lose two on the bounce, becoming up against a team who gets so much pressure at the middle, which is where they've struggled so much in the last few weeks. Brady has taken 32 hits over the last three games. This looks like it could be a third consecutive loss. I was all ready to back the Texans, and then the best player in the league breaks his hand. Yeah. What? And, and in, in practice as well. Like. I love that Ollie doesn't know this. <laughs> I love that Ollie has come into this situation not knowing that JJ Watt broke his hand in practice yesterday. No! Yeah, uh, but... Is but, he going to have a JPP mitt? Well, he's he's planning to play. <gasps> that's, that's oh my God, saying. I love JJ Watt! <laughs> <laughs> um, what? Watch! That works, I like that. Yeah! <laughs> um, but it is it, it potentially... <gasps> uh, detrimental to what the Texans can do. And like I say, I took the Texans in this game because their secondary is impressed over recent weeks because their front seven can get pressure and that's where the Patriots have struggled. Um, an amazing stat on Brady this week that over the last 10 years, he's been the guy who gets the ball out quicker than everyone else. Every single season, he's topped that uh, metric. But since Edelman went out and since Gronkowski went out, he's actually dropped to eighth slowest in the league at getting the ball out. That's fantastic. And that is bad, bad. That's where Mm. the Patriots could really struggle, and that's why they're not uh, winning games at the moment. And that's why I really wanted the Texans to win. But if I find out on Sunday that one of two things or both of these things happens, JJ Watt doesn't play or is limited, and Rob Gronkowski, who returned to practice on Thursday in a limited capacity, if one of them plays and the other one doesn't, it's that team that I'm going to pick on Sunday. By the way, Bandini was actually impressed with that statistic. I was. I was just, that was a really good statistic. And, um, <laughs> Thanks, buddy. Yeah. Uh, of course, it included Edelman, Incredible. Uh, do you owe me any sort of apology? No? <laughs> Don't know what he's talking about, mate. Yeah, okay, fine. Uh, who are you taking, That's Paolo? Football. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <clears throat> no, I'm, I'm taking New England. And I think, uh, 
I probably would have done it even without the um even without the the JJ Watt injury although I you know it's awesome it's it's awesome that JJ Watt would break his hand and the same day just be like yeah don't worry about it I'm going to play this Sunday because uh he's a superhero non-human uh, amazing uh presence that we all enjoy but he, he's a uh, bit but, non-human isn't he like in personality he, I I think he's the most wonderful man in the world I I Am think, I overstating that yeah, I think he's... That's, <laughs> it, that's hysterical. I do love JJ Watt, yeah. I apologise for that. I mean, I'm doing the same thing I did last week where I've got two screens on the go, trying to be fancy, and instead what it means is less of these uh, fun little... Hysterical! Uh, ...moments, but they're going to happen still. And yeah, I think JJ Watt's amazing. I love him. Sorry, uh, I mean, Sorry Paolo. Carry no, on. I mean, JJ Watt is amazing, and, and that, that's the point I'm trying to make is he's, he's just unlike anybody in the league. And uh, and the, the narrative idea, the appeal of him coming into this game with a broken hand and sacking Brady six times and winning the game... Is, is amazing, but honestly, no. I mean, I, the Texans um, showed some some of their flaws against the Bills last week. I think they are they're a, a they're a playoff viable team when they're playing well. But I, even missing those parts, the Patriots are still a better team. For me. I, I think this could end up being quite an ugly, low scoring game actually yeah. because of all of this. Uh, the Texans ranked third in the league in pass defense, just two hundred eighteen yards allowed per game. Again, if Gronkowski's not in there and I think there's an element of where you don't risk him because it's the same injury that he could... Uh, I, I, he had much more worse problems with in the past. The same knee, elbow, whatever it is that he's hurt. Mm. Um, they, there's, there's a concern that you know, they can lose this game, win out and still take, a, uh, still take a bye and be happy with that. And I think DeAndre Hopkins... I, I like the Patriots against the Eagles. The, one, the other thing that nobody's really talking about is that Malcolm Butler, who was lights out for so long, actually did not have a good game against the Eagles. And if he can shut down DeAndre Hopkins, that's a Patriots win. If yeah. he can't, uh, then he's set a franchise record in his 10th year already, and there's still four games left. Hopkins is abused. Um, is he the second best receiver in the league? Yeah. I, I, for me, AJ Green has been so good the last four or five weeks that I think he has to be in the conversation as well. And... I feel bad for Des Bryant because the talent is clearly there, but he's not, it's, mm. the opportunity's not. But this season, the best performing wide receivers probably goes. Who did we talk about being number one already? Brown. 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 Yeah, oh yeah, Antonio Brown. <laughs> Antonio Brown, DeAndre Hopkins. I'm leaning toward AJ Green, Julio Jones. That would be my I mean, four. Yeah, Od- Odell quiet. in that mix as well. Oh, God, Odell! Um, but uh but his big playability is ridiculous yeah. that's it i think i think if i'm you know it's it's hard because you know with all of these things you you it's impossible to extrapolate um, to extrapolate to to extract someone from the offense they play in right and so you don't know exactly how uh, antonio brown would do with the manning or how yeah uh, but put put those guys with brian hoyer yeah exactly <laughs> do you know what i mean exactly that- and i think that's why for me hopkins i still can't put him level with brown i think brown's a, a ridiculous player but yeah. i think that he's i think he's number 2 you mean that you're not considering brian hoyer up there with those four quarterbacks we mentioned earlier as the I fifth the fifth not- member of the elite team players this season i love when paolo comes in because even like whilst the nonsense drops off slightly <laughs> the pure football talk is brilliant yeah. I, I, I thoroughly enjoy this right let's take a quick break and uh, we'll come back and we'll rattle through the rest of the games for week 14 yeah 14. 13 no it's 14 it's 14 yeah 14 it's ridiculous isn't it um Hazel Irvin here, and I'm at Mammoth Insurance in Leeds, where Kate has arranged an office chair race to fundraise for sport relief. And these riders have got their kit on. They are rearing to go. And they're off, taking an early lead and smashing injustice right out of the park. It's Daphne from Accounting, riding the spreadsheet demon chair. 
Up comes Nina from HR on Beat Me and You're Fired, closely followed by Mark from Marketing on the 9 to 5 chair. Even Javid from Health and Safety's at it, waving his clipboard like crazy. Go easy there, Javid. We don't want any injuries, fella. And from nowhere, it's Jenny on El Chero Loco, rolling right over poverty to cross the line first. And the crowd goes loco. Unbelievable. You can help change the world too. Just get your exclusive Sports Relief merchandise at Janeiro's Sainsbury's. Sports Relief. It's game on. This message was brought to you by Acast. So let's move on and talk about the rest of the games from Sunday, and we're going to do these relatively quick-paced, uh, probably starting off with a couple of minutes per game, dropping down to 30 seconds for the last few. Uh, let's kick off this section with the 7-5 and five driving Seattle Seahawks, travelling to the 4-8 and eight Baltimore Ravens, who lost their second-string quarterback in Matt Sharp last weekend, which means that Jimmy Clawson will be starting against the Seahawks for the second time this season. <laughs> and just a reminder <laughs> that the last time he started against the Seahawks, the Bears punted on all 10. Possessions of the game. <laughs> if there is a more nailed-on win this weekend than Seattle in Baltimore, I do not know what is his. <laughs> oh, it's just—it's that's one of my favourite storylines of the season. Oh, Bandini, um, we've heard Will Gavin wax lyrical about Russell Wilson last week and the week before. Yeah. How's what do you think about him? I think he's brilliant, and I thought he was brilliant before this season. And it's yeah, it's interesting that now that Jimmy Graham is gone, um, almost he's getting back to what he does best and putting the ball up over the top of the defense, which he's much better at than he gets credit for. Yeah, and I think I, you've heard me say what I've had to say about this lots of times, but stronger in the pocket, not scrambling like an idiot so much. Uh, he's got 11 touchdowns and no interceptions at that time, no fumbles in that time, and he he's leads the NFL in fumbles in the last three seasons, but he's had none in this three-game stretch. He has just done everything to show to me that he's not a decent quarterback in an excellent fit for him, that actually he is that elite level. I'm loving Russell Wilson right now, and it makes me sick. <laughs> is, yeah. is anyone picking the Ravens here? No. <sighs> Definitely was off mic on that, but I don't care. Uh, San Diego going into Kansas. I've actually written Chiefs of Chargers on here, which in no way informed my decision to pick the Chiefs for this anyway. But in <laughs> Arrowhead, uh, the, the Chargers at 3-9, and 0-3 oh in the division, have just been terrible this year. And yes, they've had horrible injuries. And, and Philip Rivers leads the league in pick sixes, and I think his arm might be dropping off a little bit. But the Chiefs are absolutely rolling. Six in a row, and this will be seven. It's got to be the Chiefs. Yep. I mean, Chiefs run the ball about as well as anyone in the league. The San Diego Chargers cannot defend the run. Uh, I don't see this going any other way. I love Ollie, the Chiefs. your thoughts on this? I love the Chiefs. Really love the Chiefs. I love that defense. Oh! that hung over Ollie's going to fall over he keeps doing the chop. Just keep him going. Chiefs. I love the Chiefs. That's... Oh. Can, I, can I just say, I, I loved when, when at Wembley, at Wembley, the Chiefs fans did Home of the Chiefs at the end of the National Anthem. I thought that was excellent. Oh, yeah, 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 was, they did, That was great. Uh, and the home of the Chiefs. Oh, that was great. Oh, just, uh, <laughs> brilliant. I've just been sent something on Twitter, which is about the last game we were talking about, or the game before that even. Tom Brady uh, put on Facebook, throwback Thursday, to a special moment with a great teammate and friend. Take it easy on me this weekend, Vince. And it's him and Vince Wilfork on the field uh, at, uh, at in Arizona last year after winning the Super Bowl. Vince Wilfork just replied with, you'll be okay. Looking forward to hitting you. I mean, seeing you, my friend. 
nice. Good. Love that stuff. Thank you, Tony, for sending that in to us. We've all got the cheese in that one. I would like just to say, rather, rather my, my analysis, analysis just being, uh, doing the arrowhead chop, um, I would just like to say, Chiefs' uh, run offense has been fantastic. Spencer Ware coming in, Shikandrick West has come back. Then you've got Macklin uh, supporting the guys as well. The San Diego Chargers, there's nothing to talk to them about. They're a terrible football team. Los Angeles Superchargers! That's all I have to say on that. Uh, <laughs> uh, the Let's go back to divisional. Uh, it's a double divisional matchup in the NFC South this week, and a division already, of course, decided by the Panthers and their 12-0 record. But the Bucks can still make it. If they go 3-1 and one on, uh, with the schedule they've got, which they very much can do, they could find themselves in a wildcard position. They greet the Saints, who place Mark Ingram on season-ending IR this week with a shoulder injury. Rob Cramer tweeted us on this game saying, I think J famous Jameis does the business against the Saints. I now literally can't remember when we did those... Uh playoff previews which way I think this <laughs> I think probably the Bucks yeah let's let's say that yeah. you've not you've not got the Bucks making the playoffs but uh yeah um yeah I mean you know but still if they go nine and six yeah and they've got the Saints uh Rams Bears and Panthers in their last three games after these and the Panthers of course could be resting in week 16 we've already mentioned that the Vikings only need two wins they'll probably get in there with the with the games they've got left to play but the, if the Bucks go nine and six after being as bad as they've been the last few seasons, and that's Jameis Winston's debut season, and there are still plenty of problems to solve on the offensive line and on the defensive side of the ball. What a great building block for this team! Yeah, and I mean, you know, Doug Martin proving that he was always a, a good running back. Uh, they're going to have a lot of fun with that Saints defense, which is terrible. Uh, yeah, I, they, the, the Bucks are moving in a good direction, definitely. That could be the best one-two in the league at the moment, and I think it's down to other teams having injuries, etc. But Martin up the middle. Charles Sims on the outside. He was yeah. brilliant last weekend, catching balls out of the backfield. They look really very good. Has everyone taken the bucks in this one again? I am taking the bucks. I, I think Jameis Winston's been um, a bit of a revelation this year. Uh, the fact that he did, he had that stretch of not giving up many uh, many interceptions. His his uh, movement. Uh, in the red zone as well, and and getting those touchdowns with his feet has been amazing as well. I think he's tied with Steve Young for the franchise record of rushing touchdowns this year. Um, I think he's really exciting to I watch. Forget he used to play for the Bucks. What, what's, um, yeah, what's what's great about Winston is I actually feel like he's got better over the course yeah. of the season. Oh, that's it. Like you often get these rookies come in and you think, well, it'll be a tough first year, and it's just a tough first year. And especially everyone likes to talk about rookie walls and getting through ten games. He's playing as well now as he has all year, and that's that's fantastic like i mean that's we, good coaching as well as a good player which is the opposite of the quarterback we see coming up in our next game who last season very much dropped off as the arm got weaker and he was forced to throw the ball a lot but tom tweets are saying i expect the jags to roll over the colts bortles will throw for 400 yards and three touchdowns the allens will combine for 200 yards the colts traveling to the jags in division could slip to six and seven the jags really out of the south now at four and eight but this would be a, a statement win on their season and maybe help save Gruss, Gruss, Gruss Badley? Gruss Badley's job. <laughs> I really like Gruss Badley. <laughs> Gruss Badley's, it's Gus Bradley's like evil twin. Who, uh, he's got a lot of hair. He's a good offensive-minded coach, but terrible on the defence. Uh, but he can build rosters much better than his, uh, than uh, yeah, his and, evil you know, brother. Yeah, um, GM at uh, the Ed Edmonton Eskimos up in the CFL. <laughs> good. Uh, how are people feeling about Colts at Jacks? Jacks win. Jags win. Yeah. Mm. We love, but then 
we're all on board on the Jags train, yeah. aren't we? We don't love fa- the Jags. Don't fancy a Matt Hasselbeck bounce back. He might have been play this weekend, actually. Forced to leave in the fourth quarter of the 45-10, drubbing against Pittsburgh. An MRI shows mild rib separation and a stiff neck. Which, when you're in your 40s... It's not great. Uh, yeah. I mean, I'm surprised he's out of bed, let alone playing this weekend. So you know who it will be if, on if the If you had a rib separation, would you even get out of bed? I mean, right. I, I, I'd, I'd think about it. If I had a rib separation, I would not be here right now. Right? <laughs> there is no doubt about that. And, and all I'm doing and, is sitting in a chair and talking. And, and while, obviously, our commentary is hard-hitting, it might not be... It might not be as hard-hitting as an NFL football game. hey Uh, yeah, I do know who'll be in, Ollie Hunter. I heard you say that. It will be Clipboard Jesus. Yeah, no one wants to see that. Uh, I've done this in an odd order because I want to talk about teams that are still in with a reasonable playoff shout, but the Giants travel to the Dolphins on Monday Night Football. Giants oh. collapses this season. We've talked about it on the last show, but in the last minute of games, they've been ahead in five and lost them. They could be nine and three at this point if they held on to those games. Instead, they're down at five and seven. Well, they could be ten and two even. Instead, they're down at five and seven, traveling to the five and seven Dolphins. Uh, Chris Jones tweeted us asking, has Dan Campbell done enough to keep his job in Miami? And if not, maybe dig the college bins, Jimbo or Urban? Miami have struggled to bring in a big name head coach just in, in general, even though Miami's meant to be the place to go. It's lovely. Mm. There's the sea and there's great Cuban music and there's everything fantastic about it. But they have not brought in a big name head coach and I can't see them doing it again. I don't think Dan Campbell keeps his job. I, this, I think it depends how they finish the year. I think if they get to eight and eight by the end of the year, he gets another year. Oh, yeah. really? I think if they get to eight and eight, Too then bad. you could look at what what he, what he inherited from Joe Philbin and say, actually, he's done a pretty good job. And, you know, I'll be interested to see what happens now because Bill Lazor obviously had this problem where no matter, even if he could do it for a week or two, he just could not bring himself to commit to the run and so he got fired and they committed to the run again last week and they won. I think they're going to beat the Giants this weekend because Ooh. the Giants cannot run the ball. And if you want to talk about all these late collapses, mm. there's a certain amount of of misfortune blown coverages things that happen but the reason they are in position to lose these games at the end is because they get ahead and then they can't just see it out because they can't run the football the Giants cannot run the football and if the Dolphins do that if they commit to giving Lamar Miller the ball more than 20 times getting J.J. a bunch of carries as well they're going to win this game I think that's the concern is the the run game for Miami can be very strong if they use it the Giants struggle running the ball um, uh, in rushing offense they're 27th in the league Uh, but the the Dolphins we wanted to give them a lot of love this season on the defensive side of the ball they've not been good on that side they can be thrown on they're giving up over 250 yards a game I think there's the Eli Odell connection. It almost feels like every week, if that comes off, then they'll be big. But 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 that's the point. It doesn't because it did come off against the Jets and they didn't win. And I think that's the, that's what I would say. I will be stunned if Odell Beckham Jr. doesn't catch another touchdown pass this weekend. He might catch two, but that's only fourteen points. If you're not going to then see it out by managing the game, it doesn't matter. I predict some Giants hate. Hashtag bold prediction. Odell Beckham gets a rushing touchdown. Ooh. What? Oh, yeah. Russian and a returning section. touchdown, and a pick six, and a... Look, look, I'm not being silly. I think that could happen. The Giants have never lost in three visits to Miami. They will this time. Ah, nice. I've actually got the Giants, so I'm going against the grain on this one, apparently. Didn't think I would be, because the Dolphins have been terrible. Uh... <laughs> the thing with the Dolphins is, I don't know what they are. I don't think they have an identity at the moment, and they need a head coach to instill but, something but, but, in them. But this one's about the running game, and I, I, I looked at the numbers on this for when I was writing my Guardian preview uh, the other day. And this Clang. is this is admittedly a, a limited <laughs> third know. most read website in the world. <laughs> it's it's a limited sample, right? But they are four and zero when they outrush their opponent. So 
run the ball. You're good at it. And, they, and it's not like that, that's, that's oh, if they're, you know, lucky yeah. enough to do it. Lamar Miller is averaging 4.9 yards a carry. J.A.J. is averaging over five yards a carry. If you give them the ball, they're doing a good job with it. Give them the ball. Tennessee travelled to New Jersey, where so much of the Bandini family reside, uh, <laughs> to take on the New York Jets. The Jets were terrible against the, uh, versus the pass against the Giants. They should have Darrell Revis back this Sunday. Do, is anyone convinced that the Marcus Mariota, who put up so many points against the Jags, has got the weapons around him to beat a decent defence? And Fitzpatrick is playing brilliantly the last three or four weeks. He is back. He was terrible down a stretch. And the man that they call Fitz Magic is winning. Winning games for the Jets. I'm taking New York in this one. Can you tell? <laughs> Just a little. Ditto. Uh, yeah. yeah, me too. Uh, fantastic. Right, 49ers at Browns. Wow, this is an ugly game of football. No, let's go back. Who's uh, going to win? No, no, no. We can talk about that some other time. Carry on. <laughs> okay. 49ers at Browns. This is a pretty terrible... Chris on Twitter has actually predicted this is going to be a three-all tie. <laughs> um, there's been a lot of playing Gabbert love for the 49ers this week. Anquan Bolden said that he believed he could be the long-term solution. And not only that, but Joe Montana said you've got to keep Gabbert in town. Wow. Joe Montana said that. That's pretty impressive. Uh, on the other side of the ball, Johnny Manziel with start this weekend after the farce that is the Cleveland Browns. Uh, they Clearly, there's no communication back office coaches no one knows what they want to do Manziel said I've been forced to learn a hard lesson is anyone buying that bullshit no oh, I hate Manziel <laughs> okay anyone taking the Browns to win this one I'm going bold no nope yay 49ers advanced five wins Ollie owes me a beer uh Washington. I like that's the only one that you actually <laughs> remember. I'm sure you owe me billions of beers. Yeah, probably. But we don't count them up. It's kind of the thing. But no, you choose to Oh, to someone sent me an that. email with some of them on there. If you can remember any beer bets, do send them to us. Gridironpod at gmail.com. Carline <laughs> uh, uh, owes me a beer last night. Pete Carline from the Daily Mail. Because at halftime, he was so all in on the Vikes winning. that Carline, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you me, mug. So. Loved that. Uh, Washington travelled to the Chicago Bears this weekend. Washington, who cancelled practice on Wednesday to try and ease their injuries. They're 12 games into this season and I genuinely have no idea who Washington are. I, I, are they a running team? Is Kirk Cousins a decent quarterback or is he just a faff? Have they got a defence? Can they stop the run? Can't they? Like, every week they come out and play a different style of football and some weeks it works, some weeks it doesn't. They're just a bit of a mess. The Bears D... Let's give them some love. Pernell McPhee's been brilliant. Eddie Goldman, brilliant last weekend. Very disruptive. Shea McClellan moved inside and to linebacker from the line. He's been really good. Uh, I've taken the Bears. <laughs> I'm saying that because I genuinely can't remember. I've I, well, I'll say I've taken the Bears and I'll go and change it if I haven't. <laughs> I think I've also taken the Bears, although I'm slightly on your same wavelength of not being 100% certain. So, yeah, let's say the Bears. I took the Bears. I know I did because I didn't like doing it. Uh, Washington haven't had... Uh, Alfred Morris hasn't had a touchdown this year. Matt Jones has only had three. He fumbles a lot. Uh, they're terrible on, on, on the rush. Uh, Kirk Cousins I don't buy into whatsoever. It's the Bears. Matt Jones fumbling more than Ollie on many of his Tinder dates. Uh, final Hello. game of the weekend. <laughs> Terrible. Uh, the Detroit Lions travel to the St. Louis Rams. And why we've saved this game for last, I have no idea why. We mentioned earlier that uh, Paolo has, of course, his mafioso connections. He'll be disappointed that Frank Scagnelli <laughs> has lost his job as offensive coordinator <laughs> in St. Louis. Has, just because he's a Hey, Scagnelli. Uh, hey. <laughs> hey, guess what new offensive coordinator Rob Boris said? 
said, Gurley needs to get the ball more. Hey. No sh- Sherlock! <laughs> uh, Robert Quinn has been placed on season-ending IR, having oh, surgery no. on a back issue. This team are terrible. The Lions had a nice little bounce back, but these are two four and eight teams. They're going to be picking in the top ten. Uh, who wins this grotty game in the Edward Jones Dome? Not Hello. football. Football's not the winner. <laughs> um, uh, uh, the Lions win this game. Oh, I've gone the Rams. I don't know why. I don't remember who I picked, and I don't care anymore. Did you not? Actually, I I think I took the Rams. But the Lions, to be fair, have played some okay football since making Jim Bob Cooter their offensive coordinator. Yeah, he's he's got them going. Jim Bob Cooter, I mean, (laughs) maybe Jim Bob Cooter, maybe the reason Scagnelli's out of there is because the reason Jim Bob Cooter had to be put in witness protection and given that fake name (laughs) is because he spoke out (laughs) against the mafiosa. But... (laughs) They have actually played good offense since that. It's all alleged. Uh, uh, (laughs) Please uh, take everything uh, that Will says with a pinch of salt. Uh, Shall we move on and talk about our playoff predictions? Because you both submitted to me. This will be how we end the show, I think, because we have rambled on. And you can tell as we've got further into it, I've started to care less and less. Everyone here is... I don't know about you guys. I am insanely tired. Yeah. I've had two hours. Uh, Ollie's hungover. I've I've got, a, and now I've got and I've had three hours. Paolo's the problem with three. Thursday night football games. Yeah, well, there we go. Uh, we asked on Twitter if you, there was anyone you fancied to sneak into the playoffs. Let's just go through for you because there are some plenty of stuff that we all agree on. Um, starting in the AFC, we've all got uh, the Steelers getting in. We've all got the Broncos, Pats, Bengals, funnily enough, getting in. We've all got the Chiefs getting in. Uh, have we all got the Texans? No, me and in fact, this is where Ollie differs to us. First of all, me and uh, Paolo have got the Texans getting in. Ollie's got the Colts pretty much running the table and going nine and seven. Do you believe in Hasselbeck that much, Ollie Hunter? Uh, I think that may have been a mistake. <laughs> <laughs> Looking at it now, I think it's definitely a mistake. Uh, I, I, yeah. However, you have in the AFC both Paolo and I have the Broncos and the Pats as taking the buys. You have the Broncos and the Bengals with the Pats slipping to twelve and four, losing two more games. I'm assuming one of those is this weekend against the Texans. Which of the Titans, Jets, and Dolphins games do you see them losing? I Jets. I think they'll lose against the Jets. I think the Jets are are on a roll. They always. I, I say they always seem to. Um, uh, build themselves up to play against the the Pats, but I just got. I, I'm all on board the Jets train. I really, or the Jets jet. Yeah, you're on the Jets jet. Yeah, I, I just think that the Jets will win, and they if they don't if the Pats don't uh, lose that, then they could lose against the Dolphins if the Dolphins can be bothered to turn up in uh, the last game. So yeah, I I, ju- I could see. Uh, the wheels falling off further from the New England Patriots. Uh, on the NFC side, we've all got the Panthers going sixteen and zero. No one expects the Panthers to lose again. We've all got the cards going thirteen and three and taking the uh, the other wild card spot. Uh, we've I think we've all got the Vikings going. In fact, we've all got the Vikings playing the Packers. Though Ollie's got the Packers going twelve and four and uh, winning every game they've got left. Which I don't. It's a bit Homer pick. Really. Neither me nor Paolo <laughs> took that. Uh, we've all got the Seahawks getting in in the other wild card spot, but the NFC disgrace. Who wants to know what we all think happens there? I've got the Giants getting in on seven and nine. You two both have the Eagles getting in, and Bandini has the Eagles getting in, winning just one more game. Now there is a possibility here that the NFC East is so terrible, the NFC disgrace. They could go. All four teams could go six and ten and three and three in the division with pretty reasonable results as likely to happen. But this is the thing. Like, I didn't, I didn't <laughs> That's sort how of, bad this division is. We, it's, it's not like we just sort of um, pulled these numbers out. Like we, there's like a, a simulator on your 
our home, we put our results in. I really wasn't thinking about, like, calculating how a division's uh, going to play out. I was just putting them in. And then that's what came out on the other end, was that the Eagles <laughs> were 6-10 and ten <laughs> in the division. So, who knows? You know, I, I sort of love the idea of it, and I'm sure that if it happens, what will happen... After that, it'll be the matchup that we've got, uh, in my prediction anyway, is Seahawks-Eagles. They'll probably beat the Seahawks in the first round of the playoffs just to, just to then ruin everything and destroy football. Does really. the NFL need to look at this? Do, do they need no. to look at... I mean, we asked the question last year with the NF, NFC South when that was the division of disgrace yeah. and the Carolina Panthers going through with a, with a, with a poor record, but... I, I'm all for the, the division leaders going through, but sh- having, giving them the home the home that's, leg. That's yeah, where that's, I sit on yes, it. That's yeah. exactly where I sit on it. Let the division leaders through, but make them the road team. Give the team with the best record yeah. the away, the home game. Even if, and I, I mean that if there's a winning team, I'm sure that it's possible that um, you know that the. the uh, you could win a division of 10 and 6 and have a wild card scene be ahead of you at 11 yeah, and 5. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And th- that is an absolute possibility. And I think in all those situations, the team with the best record should be the home yeah. team. Imagine this, right? Imagine if, um, say, the Bucks I or, or the... Picturing it in my mind, The really. Bucks or the Falcons, their only losses were against the Carolina, Carolina Panthers. So then they went, say, uh, so it would be uh, 14 and 2. And then they would have to go and travel to the six and ten eagles. Yeah, that just seems ridiculous. Yeah. It, it is ridiculous. I agree. I basically agree entirely with, with, with your position on this. I think I don't like the idea to bring us right back to the top of the show as, a, as, as the suffering Cardinals fan in me. Oh, look there at was that. a time. He's, so, he's such a pro. He's bringing it all the way round. <laughs> there was a time in the NFC West when I really felt like. The only chance, because the NFC West, of course, sent the Seahawks to the playoffs, the losing record a few years ago. I felt like the only chance the Cardinals getting that playoff berth was going to be if the whole division got so bad that a losing (laughs) record was going to get us in. So I don't want to take that hope away from the terrible teams and the terrible divisions, but they shouldn't get a home game. I, uh, actually, last year, I was all aboard the train of they shouldn't get a playoff place at all. The problem is with that uh, argument is that it's happened twice in history. The Seahawks, of course, and the Panthers, and both of them have won their wildcard mm. game. So that's always the way that people say, well, no, of course they should be allowed in. They both won their But then game. if you, if they don't get the, that's the what top. fans sound like to me on Twitter. If they don't go through to the playoffs, then it renders the, the divisions pointless. Yeah, exactly. You, might as well you want to have that divisional, um, rivalry and all of that stuff. But still, they shouldn't get the home tie. Right. We've, home tie. we've been in this room for a long time with a hungover man and, a t- and two tired men. Let's just quickly run through. Uh, on Twitter, we asked the same question. Who people thought could be a surprise playoff team to sneak in? I think, admittedly, none of us really expected the Texans to be a playoff team. We all have them getting into the playoffs. No, we don't. You had the Colts, but two of us do. Um, there are certain teams who the, maybe the Vikings we didn't expect to do as well as they have this year. So just to roll through a few examples, uh, Tom Knight says, My New York Jets... 11 and 5, 10 and 6, both possible, with a rookie head coach and GM, a a sprinkling of Fitzmagic, a good wide receiver duo, and a top 5D. I don't see why we don't deserve it. It was a long tweet. I may have added some words in. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Connell Flinter says, Cowboys, because nobody else seems to want to win the division. Ugh. Um, Adam says, "Uh, I don't know, but what is true is the AFC South and AFC East will both be won by a team with a losing record. Hashtag bold prediction. Uh, the Bucks have a chance with their schedule, says Cal. And somebody just says the biggest... Uh, oh, the Vikings have showed signs of life. I think they're, they're, we think they're in. Uh, Chris finally just says the biggest upset this weekend will be Phil Sims saying something remotely sensible during commentary. That's unlikely. 
Good. Uh, any final thoughts you want to bring, Ollie? Uh, normally you uh, come to us with some, some dating news or some nonsense at this point in the podcast to round us off. Anything you'd like to add in? I want to show uh, Paolo a, a direct message that we got sent to uh, at Gridiron. Oh, God, don't uh, show that message. <laughs> uh, uh, Paolo, have a look at, uh, have a look at this. <laughs> I'm not even going to tell you what this is. It's the oh. weirdest thing for somebody to send. <laughs> That's us. so unpleasant. It's so, so and, and the person who so sent unpleasant. this to us, you're a disgrace. <laughs> Whatever made you think that, that was something worth sending us? Let's you just, know who you are. Let's you know what you sent us. He sent something which was the same colour uh, on his child <laughs> as the Jags uh, <laughs> colour rush unis and. I, so, I tell you, oh, that's so gross. Oh, I just uh, thanks for ending it on that note, Paolo. As always, it's a real pleasure when you join us in the studio. Thank you for coming in. Cheers, cheers, guys. It was fun. It's always uh, fun coming in. Beautiful. And next week, I don't know who's going to be joining me because Ollie's uh, going off skiing on Sunday. I've afternoon. told you about this, but you've <laughs> conveniently forgotten. <laughs> Ollie told me this about three months ago, and then said to me today when he brought in a box with his ski boots in. When I went, oh, what are those? He went, my ski boots. I'm going away on Sunday. Hasn't mentioned it in three months, and he expected me to remember. Remember, Look, I did not note it down in my journal. It's not on my G calendar. It's nowhere to be seen. Why isn't it? You've got a, a, a specific Ollie G calendar section. Yeah. But normally it's just to do with when your period is and what mood you're going to be in. I'm uh, always in a good mood. <laughs> well, uh, so And enjoy... by the way, that's so sexist, and I apologise to all our female listeners for Will's blatant sexism. I didn't mean You're it an absolute disgrace. You are the NFC East. That's really harsh. Uh, so, Ollie will be off all next week, um, and I need some guest hosts. So, I'll be searching high and low. Anyone fancy doing <laughs> it? <laughs> Anyone wants to do it, hit me on Twitter, <laughs> at WillGab. You can always hit us up on Twitter, at Gridiron. Don't forget to go and check out Sports Travel Tours at sportstraveltours.com. Make your picks on gridiron-magazine.com at the Predictor Game. You can win New Era hats and other prizes for the season winner. I have slipped out first. I'm very upset after my terrible performance last weekend. Uh, bye. Uh, sports fans for sports fans. Thank you. Uh, Paolo, do you fancy doing it next week? Uh, maybe not the beginning of the week, but the end of the week. All right, there you go. I've got you one. Thanks, babes. Uh, <laughs> thank you very much for tuning in. This has been The Gridiron Show. <laughs> Hi, everyone. It's Dev off the radio here. We're doing a brand new podcast from Lucas Aid Sport called Running the Show. And I'm Sam Thompson from Made in Chelsea. Hey. I'll be joining Annoying slash being overly affectionate with Dev for the next 12 weeks as we both take up running for the first time. Make sure you join us on all your podcast providers to find out which one of us is killing the training and which one of us is hating every second. Probably me. 